Welcome to the Quick Mix Podcast. This is a podcast about cooking and baking competitive shows. I'm Q. And I'm M. On your marks. Get set. Podcast! Hi everybody, this is Q. And I'm M. And we're covering Desserts Week. Where the highs are high and the lows are low. <laughs> what did you think of this episode? I thought it was very challenging. I thought it was spectacular when they did really well. And then I thought the, the disasters were spectacularly disastrous. Yeah. Which always makes for like a good episode of like baking show. Yes. Yeah, you get to see the whole gamut of emotions. It's like a roller coaster bringing you up and bringing you down and then spilling out all over the table. <laughs> right. Uh, yep. Speaking of high highs, we've had record of listenership lately and we want to reward you guys. So um, we have an Instagram at Quick Mix Podcasts. Send us a message and uh, we might reward you with sending you one of our Quick Mix stickers. What'd you call it? Yeah, they're like decals. Yeah, like decals. So if you want a, a Quick Mix decal, shoot us a message on Instagram and we will likely respond to you. No promises though. 99% sure we'll respond <laughs> to you. Okay. Yeah. But uh, desserts week. Yum, yum, yum. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are yum. Some are young. Yeah. Let's talk about the intro real quick. Oh, wow. Okay. So during the intro, Matt asks, quote, comedian and artist No Fielding, unquote, if he's excited for dessert week. No says he's never had dessert before. He was born without a mouth. And then what he does have instead is a bum bum. And that's the intro. Where does this rank on your list of intros for this season? I want to also add that they said that Matt wrote it. Oh, yeah. I, got, I caught that, too. Right? Yeah. I think Noah, he wanted to add that in there just to be like, why did we do this? <laughs> is this even an intro? Um, this, is my, this is the worst intro of the season for me. Really? Yeah. Even worse than the very first one? The which, first one had some re- redeeming qualities. Like, you- <laughs> I mean, you see like Prue and the mullet. That's okay. already better than this whole intro. But this one's shorter. Remember your... Your thing with the first one was too long. I mean, it's not just based on length. You know? oh, okay. It's not just length. It's just length checking. and quality, right? Yeah, this is the worst intro. I agree. Yeah. I, I don't even know, like, was this even, like, a, was this a bit? Because, you know, sometimes that, like, bits, the comedy bits. Right. I don't think this it was even a bit. Like, I'm actually surprised that this was written. Like, I think they could have improv something better than this. It was shockingly odd. Yeah. But um, not to be too hard on Noel and Matt, but uh, not not your best intro, guys. Mm. Yeah, very short. I mean, like the redeeming quality was as uh, very short, and then uh, on the opposite end, the quality was not there. Length is important to you. Uh, okay, so before the like signature bake, we hear from a couple of the bakers, and when I was doing my notes for this, just like on my second watch because I watched it twice, as I was writing down who was saying what at the beginning of the episode. I think it kind of summarized the whole episode. Okay. All right. So you knew what was going to happen? Well, on my second watch, I knew what was going to happen. Because you saw the outcome the first time? Yeah. <laughs> Usually that's how most outcomes people, work. <laughs> most people would be able to No, tell. but like on the second time I watched it, I was like, 
they're laying out the whole episode in like the first minute and just on the like what the bakers are saying at the beginning of the episode you can tell what's gonna happen the whole episode okay all right how about next week you say on your first watch you <laughs> you were able to tell. Uh, i can't i can't handle that kind of pressure no, okay. <laughs> no. okay all right so we hear from chiggs right yeah chiggs right off the bat says i have a sweet tooth it's the first thing i look at when i look at a dinner menu so chiggs is very excited for this week okay okay we hear from freya freya says she's worried about the vegan substitutes that she's gonna have to use for desserts week however she will stick to her morals all right. Okay. Then we hear from Maggie. Maggie says, I never eat desserts. Right. And that's the episode. See you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no, I think that kind of spells out the storylines of the whole episode, don't you think? We hear from Chiggs. Very excited. I mean, no spoilers. Oh, yeah, no spoilers to you guys. There's but, still a bunch of other bakers involved I, that could like, either win. I think they charted these storylines the most besides like, they always chart like Jurgen and like um, Giuseppe. Right. I, I just want to make a quick note. I've been pronouncing Giuseppe's name wrong. So um, we got some feedback that I wasn't pronouncing it correctly. I, I went back and listened to some of the episodes and uh, I'll commend you for that. It is Giuseppe, correct? I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Giuseppe. I watched the show just to make sure I'm saying it correctly. Okay. But, uh, thanks for the feedback. Giuseppe, right? Let's go with that. Right, Giuseppe. I have to cover him more than you, so. Yeah, that's it's true. a lot of pressure. <laughs> but yeah, we, can, we can usually... Can we give him a nickname? Huh? <laughs> can we give him a nickname? Giuseppe? Yeah, a nickname that I can pronounce. No. I'm just kidding. I'm, go, I'm going for it. Yeah, just, just go for it. It's okay. not that hard, right? All right. I don't know. <laughs> We've said harder things like... Cappuccino. Right. Actually, that's fun to say, though. It is. I can say that all day. But yeah, the storylines, right at the beginning of the episode... They, like, they're kind of forecasting it right away. So we, we definitely know we got to look at Chiggs. We got to look at Freya. We got to look at Maggie. Okay. And then as always, Jorgen and Giuseppe, cause, because they're like, they're the two, like, would you say the two most dominant bakers right now? Well, they're the only people that have won. Star Baker? Yeah. Up to this point? Right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So very interesting. Uh, shall we get into the signature bake? Let's. All right. For the signature bake. The bakers are tasked with making a pavlova, which can be any flavor. It must have a crisp outer shell and a soft, pillowy center. Mmm. We didn't harmonize there. <laughs> you didn't join me on that? Mm. I wasn't prepared. Does that count as a song? Because Matt didn't really sing this episode. We did hear from Jurgen, though. We did. Yeah. Does that harmonizing mmm with Noel, does that count as singing? No, I'm going to say no. Oh, okay. Mmm. I'm still Soft not, pillowy I'm still not center. doing it with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bakers get two hours and 45 minutes. Paul and Prue are saying they're looking for a crispy exterior. And the, they said timing is very critical. The pavlovas must be baked for an hour, ideally. Then the oven must be turned off. And then it must be left cooling for as long as possible in the oven. It's the key to this bake. I think Paul says that. Right. Or maybe not in the oven. <laughs> right. Or maybe in a proving drawer. Yeah. Right. Um, they said uh, if the pavlova is underbaked, the inside will collapse, which is very bad, and it happens. However, if it's overbaked, the meringue will crack. Right. And I think we, saw, we see a lot of collapsing and cracking during we the do. challenge. So we do. The judges have very good insights on what could go wrong, and it does go wrong. What's that law where everything that goes wrong will go wrong? Murphy's. 
Murphy's Law? Yeah. Okay. It's a Murphy's Law episode. <laughs> okay. Um, and the Bakers are also kind of ch- like challenged in like timing. Because Paul and Prue say that two hours and 45 minutes is very hard for a Pavlova. Mm. So the judges are getting kind of crazy, you know? The challenge is on. Th- this is a tough episode. Yeah, definitely. I mean, between this and the technical, very tough. Right. Yeah. And even the showstopper. Even the showstopper was yeah, difficult. we'll get to that. All right, I'm going to go over our first picker, which is Amanda, our police detective. She's making chocolate pav love. So Amanda's <laughs> been very good with the puns. I enjoy that title. Yeah. She has a lovely heart-shaped chopping board, which I tried to look for on Etsy. Couldn't find it. <laughs> Maybe on Amazon. I'll check it out. Her pavlova contains chocolate mascarpone offset with a tangy raspberry curd. Amanda kind of freaks out for a little bit when she realizes that everyone around her has their pavlova out before hers. So she's worried about like, am I timing this correctly? Is it done? During judging, the judges said that her pavlova has a lovely appearance. It has a whole heart-shaped quality to it. However, there are slight cracks. So maybe she left it on the oven just a little bit too long. Mm. The judges also say they want more raspberry and less chocolate. There was too much chocolate in it. Hard to believe. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's a good combination. I think it's kind of a mixed review for a man, but overall she did better than I thought she was based on like her reactions, which are kind of funny throughout the signature. Right, right. right. Okay, up next we have Chiggs, our sales manager, and he is making a tropical pavlova. And... We see him cutting into the passion fruit, and he tells us that his grand told him that the uglier the fruit, the riper they are. Mm. And that the ripe passion fruit should contrast the sweet meringue, and it should be a party on your tongue. <laughs> Have you ever had a party on your tongue? Not legally. Okay. So, obviously, it'll be featuring passion fruit, fresh mango, chantilly cream, chocolate shards, and a tropical mango coolie. Mm. I'm going to need your help here because Chiggs has a little Star Wars exchange with Noel. Oh, yeah. You, you, I know this about you is that you don't watch Star Wars. That's right. I, I've watched all the Star Warses. Uh-huh. And then like the spinoff shows like The Mandalorian. Yep. Maybe even some of the Clone Wars cartoon series. Yep. All that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your question? So he calls Chiggs Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And then he says Paul is Obi-Wan. So Obi-Wan's like the master. Okay. The older, like, older, more experienced, like, Jedi master. Okay, and then they, Chig says Noel is Yoda. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. Okay. Because he's weird. Okay. Because <laughs> Yoda's also a Jedi master, but he's kind of quirky. Uh-huh. And he talks kind of, like, strangely. Okay. But, I mean, Yoda is a Jedi master, and he does impart a lot of... Uh, Wisdom when he's introduced in the Empire Strikes Back to Luke Skywalker. Uh huh. So maybe they don't have their Star Wars like mentor mentee relationships all ironed out in this. Okay. But maybe then Noel says yeah. he's more like Chewbacca. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's funny. Does that makes sense. Yeah, because Chewbacca okay. just, you know, he just roars and he's kind of cool, but he's not the most, um, I would say, wise <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> he's not a Jedi, actually. He's just more like Han Solo sidekick. He has re- redeeming qualities. He's lovable. He's furry. He kind of fights well, I guess. Okay, well, when it comes to judging... <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Star Wars talk. <laughs> <laughs> Prue says that she likes the edge. It's casually but elegantly swirled. 
And this one actually was really nice looking. Yeah. Shigs was definitely one of the better ones coming out, right? It's yep. lovely and soft, but stable in the middle and crunchy outside. Has wonderful acidity and the cream's just lovely. Paul said that it looked amazing and beautiful. There's some nice marshmallow in there. It's quite difficult to get that balance, but the way that he did it, the top and the chocolate, and then we get a handshake. We get a handshake, which is amazing. Another handshake. I was very surprised by it because I didn't see it coming at all. Did you? I think that was part of the appeal of it because he was sort of mid-sentence when he did it. Mm, yeah. So this is the third handshake of the season. I, I do love that the second handshake. <laughs> Matt doesn't count, right? What? It counted to Jurgen. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I do love that besides like, uh, who was that person? Like the handshake was, it was Giuseppe, right? Or Giuseppe. Right. Giuseppe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact that the next handshake was given to the person with the least baking experience in the tent. Like Chiggs is the person with the least baking experience. He only started baking like a year ago, less than a year ago because of the pandemic. Correct. And he got the second handshake. So listeners, anything is possible, guys. We could be on Baking Show next year getting handshakes. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh, next, we have Christelle, who is our client relationship manager. She is making kiwi lime pie, or kiwi lime pie pamlova. <laughs> very fun to say. Um, very common in Baking Show. Everybody knows that Paul loves key lime pie. So... If you make it, it better be good because if he doesn't like it, he'll be very disappointed. Mm. So kind of a double-edged sword there. Right. Christelle says her godmother, Pamela, is known for her Pamlova, which is a funny name. <laughs> However, her uh, godmother didn't give her the recipe, hmm. even though she was going to make it on the show. Right. Interesting. <laughs> funny. Uh, Christelle's Pavlovas will have lime curd along with fresh kiwi slices. And the kiwi slices at the top, they're kind of arranged in the flower, which looked really good. Like when it comes to presentation, I think Christelle's like up there. Yeah, hers was nice also. Yeah. But I w I'm going to make that kiwi flower for fun sometime. Okay, do it. Yeah, I'm just going to put on like random food. <laughs> like on a burger. No, that's, that's, that's bad. That would be cool. Yeah. And then post it on our gram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no promises. Right. <laughs> During judging, Paul says that her Pamlova... Looks great. The egg shapes on the outside are lovely. Cruz says after trying it that it's very delicious and the strong lime is beautiful. However, Paul says the sides are kind of too thick. However, the flavors are great. So I think Christelle did pretty well here. I thought so too. All right, up next we have Freya, our student, and she's making a peach Melba vegan pavlova. Mm -hmm. Is it interesting that they just started? Inserting the name vegan into this particular dish when she's been doing that all along. It is interesting. And I did notice that. Right? Right. Hmm. I, it's not consistent with the show. But maybe they really want to highlight that this time for this right. episode. Like the producers are like, you better throw a vegan in. <laughs> I don't know. I think it sort of follows your storyline theory. I think it does. Right? Yeah. Okay. So once again, she's using the aquafaba. Right. Instead of the egg whites, which we have learned is a chickpea liquid. However, it is less stable. Mm. So she's making an aquafaba meringue with orange blossom extract, mm -hmm. raspberry coulis, caramelized peaches. And this thing is stunning. It has some beautiful piping on it. We know that she's good with her piping skills. Yeah, her and Christo, I think, are the two best pipers in the tent right now. Maybe um, Jurgen in there, too. 
Yeah, it's primarily white, but it has like some orange and reddish swirl in it. Yeah. Uh, it's just gorgeous, I thought. Mm -hmm. So during judging, Paul said that the decoration looks really good, but when he cut into it, it fell apart. And he said it was like an eaten mess. So it, it didn't really hold up. No, like unfortunately, it did not. Yeah. And then Paul also commented that the flavors were not very strong. It's not tangy enough. It's not tart enough. Mm. But Prue said that if you get a slice of the candied peach, it is good. However, the sloppy bit in the middle is not very nice. I like how Prue always comes in with like a compliment after Paul kind of tears him down. <laughs> he always finds like a nice thing to say. Try to uplift them up. Yeah, just, I mean, you got to have that balance, you know. It looked really nice until they cut into it, and then it just didn't hold its yeah, form, unfortunately. unfortunately. Yeah, and then I guess mm. the flavor wasn't quite there. Mm. Yep. All right, next we have George, who's our Shared Lives coordinator. He is making a lemon curd and biscuit cream pavlova. So in a very risky move, um, George, he needs to make biscuits, like those biscuits, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we know from the beginning that pavlovas, they take, He's gonna be. He's supposed to be using the oven the whole time for the pavlova. Right. He does not. <laughs> he does not. He wants to make his speculous biscuits. So what he does instead is transferred his uh, his meringue in the proving drawer to finish cooking, so that he can uh, finish his biscuits. So his pavlova also contains lemon curd and speculous whipped cream, which is what he needed the oven for. Um, the texture on this pavlova after he sticks it in the proving drawer is not good. It cracks, it looks very messy, and in a very funny attempt, he tries to cover it up with like toppings and cream. Mm -hmm. But the judges are not fooled. Not at all. Um, they actually said it looks awful, and that is cracked. However, saving grace is that they say the flavors are great, marshmallow and speckles are very delicious. So George is at the end, um, I think he expected a very like bad judging, but overall, it was actually more mixed. And he's, he was happy that it wasn't all bad. I think his color palette made it a little more difficult for him because it was awful beigey. Yeah, super beigey. Yellow. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of just looked like a messy, like, it looked very messy. It wasn't like clean, like, it wasn't clean colors. I don't know if that makes, like, the contrast wasn't clean. Right, right. Yeah. It, it was kind of muddled. It was very muddled, yeah. Yeah. Are, but, you, are you a fan of meringue? Yes. I like meringue. What is your favorite? I like lemon meringue. Oh. Very basic. I thought it would be Garth. Garth meringue? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love Garth meringue's Dark Place. Right. Which is a show about an author named Garth meringue who makes a TV show about a doctor that works in a hospital <laughs> called Dark Place Hospital. Anyway, let's not get too off track. <laughs> I felt like I had to throw you that one. I do love my Garth Marenghi's right. Dark Place. Check it out, guys. Every time Marenghi comes up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Up next, we have mm, the next guy. Giuseppe. Giuseppe. Yep. Our chief engineer. And he's making every day at the beach pavlova. Oh, yeah. So he's kind of encroaching onto Maggie's territory here. <laughs> you mean making something classic? Traditional, <laughs> traditional beach is Maggie's Mag right. go-to, right? Yeah. Traditional beach theme. Yep. Okay. And we've, we learned that this is inspired by his childhood memory. 
of him obviously going to the beach where his mom brought peaches and apparently there was a man selling coconuts and is still selling coconuts on the beach shouting Coco Bello. I mean, that sounds like a good time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. So this pavlova is featuring peach, nectarine, and passion fruit. It's going to have a coconut chantilly cream and some peach coulis. And his method is to bake it slow and steady. Yep, just like how I do barbecue. That's uh, how you're supposed to do a barbecue, right? Yeah, slow and low. Slow and low. I like it. Well, during judging, Prue says that it looks really summery and just delicious. The filling is so fresh and summery, the peachy cream is just delicious. And Paul thinks he couldn't have baked he could have baked it a little bit longer because it broke away a little bit mm, yep. on the edges, <laughs> right? That it did. Yeah. But overall I thought it was still pretty good. Yeah, I think it did pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of pretty good, uh, next is Jurgen, our IT professional. He is making a password with Pavlova. So what he's doing is he's using matzah unleavened bread. And uh, his Pavlova also contains chocolate matzah and a chero set paste, which is made of dates, orange, pith, peel, cinnamon, and cardamom. So while he's like kind of naming these ingredients, the judges are kind of like, oh, that's a lot of ingredients. <laughs> Paul says that the dates will be interesting because they're very sweet. Uh, Jürgen says that dates were used to build and stick the pyramids together. So his pavlova also kind of has like a history lesson attached to it, which is very cool. During judging, Paul says the idea is good, but a little untidy, which I think is uncharacteristic of Jürgen, just because it's like a little cracked. However, Prue says the flavor is interesting and that you get the dates before the orange, which is very good. So I think Jürgen, we learned in this episode, he's very good at coordinating what flavors come first. And like when you bite into something, what you experience. So that's a skill yeah. right there that will come into play later in the show. That somewhere. will come into play. Uh, the judges also say that the flavor, the blend of flavors is very good. And Paul at the end of this says something which kind of threw me off. He said, Jürgen is back. Right. Which made me question, was he that bad last episode where like... I don't think he was that bad that last episode. I think that he was just so dominant the first two episodes. Right. Winning Star Bigger twice. That his like okay performance last episode made it seem like he fell off like like fell off the I don't know what's the metaphor here? The top of the mountain? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. There were so many choices. I wasn't yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know. Okay. But I don't think I don't think he did that badly that last episode that, like, they can say, like, oh, he's back, you know? He's... It just kind of confused me because I think he's just, he's been doing very well. Sometimes he does, like, more well than others. Right. But, yeah, it was interesting that that's the storyline they came up with. Let's talk about this really quick. Okay. Okay. After the first two episodes, <laughs> right. you and I kind of joked, how could they stop Jurgen? Yep. And we were like, maybe they're going to throw kawaii cakes at him. Yeah. Right? Maybe mm-hmm. he's not going to do that. And then what they did was they threw in Italian bread week. Yep. Right? Yep. So that kind of... St- and just up one. Right. I, I think that kind of stumped him a little bit. Uh-huh. Right? Right. <clears throat> and so when Paul said that, the first thing that I thought to myself was, I wonder if they made him say that. And so for mm. the first time, I decided to look. In most of these shows, the judges wear earpieces. Oh, so you think like 
there's like a like a, a bake-off coach feeding him lines and stuff i think they're fed information mm. except that on this show i didn't see them i don't see them yeah so i don't know it made, it made me curious though because as soon as he said that i was like somebody fed him that because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something they would make him say to kind of stage right. you know what i mean like you're saying i think the producers are kind of writing the show but and when we learn what the theme of next week episode is <laughs> that's another part we'll, we'll of talk about theory. that yeah we'll talk about that yeah i i thought <clears> like <throat> you though it was kind of oddly placed yeah because he didn't do so terrible that it felt like they were trying to build him up for something yeah i think so. i mean storylines are in all TV, right? right. You got to have storylines to stay invested in the characters. Or maybe over there they have really tiny earpieces. I don't know. Yeah. Or Paul maybe is a robot. That also. He was already pre-programmed. Yeah. <laughs> they could have actually told him that prior to him going up the judge. It's interesting. We have some theories. All right. Anyway, up next we have Lizzie, our car production operative. I love Lizzie. I do too. And she is making an Easter pavlova. All right. Follow me here. So, when you think of Easter, you think of baby bunnies. lambs. Baby lambs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Or bunnies is good, too. Yeah, bunnies. Baby lambs. Okay. And what do you put on baby lambs? I, a bunch of green. That's know. right. Rosemary. <laughs> rosemary. Rosemary. Yeah. So, she is going to have a subtle rosemary flavoring to her mm. pavlova. It's going to feature purple blueberry meringue. Yep. A lemon curd, the and a bright green rosemary creme diplomat, and this thing is pretty bright. The I like and it. The green, it was next level festive. I mean, Lizzie, just the way she dresses, I think it's very like very fun, right? It did fit her. Yeah, it and did her, fit like her. her bakes kind of reflect her, which is great. You know, that's what bakes should do. Even during final assembly, Lizzie said that it looked like some sort of a swamp creature <laughs> so yeah during judging prue said that she likes the rosemary and it was very good the lemon curd was very good so she did not overpower with the rosemary so she did very well with that paul said that it was not the most attractive pavlova and as he comments about the green he starts to shake his head and chuckle <laughs> <laughs> he said it looks like something from the willy wonka factory however the flavors are spot on yeah it's just a little stodgy so it seemed like a, what I would say would be like a classic Lizzie dish. Yeah, I would say. Like it, it had yeah. that Lizzie flair. It tasted good. You know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of funny that we can say like something that's a classic Lizzie dish and we're only on episode like three. Right. <laughs> or episode four, right? Episode four. Yeah. And we already know what a classic Lizzie dish is. This, this was the opposite of paint your own truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? This was the opposite yeah, of yeah. All right, next we have Maggie, our retired nurse. Uh, she is making a traditional pavlova. So in her own words, she says, I'm making quite a simple meringue. There's nothing fancy at all. Um, her pavlova contains raspberry syrup and is topped with summer fruits. She also says, I feel there's no real need to enhance things. To which Paul kind of stares at her. Like, he gives her a good stare. And he just says, good luck, and walks away. <laughs> so whenever Paul does that, you kind of know, like, conceptually, you might not be on the right track here. Right. Um, Maggie kind of, she kind of runs out of time at the end. Did you notice that she put frozen fruits at the top of her um, pavlova? Oh, I didn't notice they were frozen. She was worried about, 
like they they would that they would leak like from the movie yeah she was gonna let it go um can't hold her back anymore i, I forgot there was the lyrics oh, i try to get you to sing every episode <laughs> i don't care anyway All right. <laughs> so during judging process that her um pavlova is actually very informal because it's structurally it collapsed and Prue says that it looks very messy. However, the flavor is lovely. So Maggie, um, she made one of the more simpler pavlovas. And it wasn't a good look that she didn't do it well. And it collapsed. Yeah. So Maggie is off to a very bad start here. But don't worry, there's still <clears throat> two challenges left. Right. Anyway, let's move on to the technical, yeah? Let's. So up next is the technical. And as Matt says, set by the evil Pruella DeVille. Very good. I thought that was top notch. <laughs> that was redeeming yeah. from the opener, <laughs> I thought. That should have been the intro. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Matt just saying Pruella DeVille and then them cutting to the show should have been the intro. That was very good. Very good. All right. Pru says that this recipe requires some serious multitasking, so get organized. Mm. Our bakers are tasked to create four individual sticky toffee puddings. Perfectly baked and served with ticky, I can't even say it, sticky toffee sauce. Yeah, man. Sticky toffee sauce. It sounds delicious. Noel says that he would have thought that it was obvious that it would come with sticky toffee sauce. I mean, obvious, yo. Yeah. They should be decorated with twill triangles and served alongside a smooth creme anglaise. Our bakers have 90 minutes to complete this mm -hmm. task. So, not a lot of time. No, it's not. Yeah. There are a lot of components in this technical, and I think that's part of the downfall. <clears throat> I think this is very challenging, and it was kind of a bloodbath because the judges, they had very high expectations for what the, for what the bakers would make in like 90 minutes. Right. It's not a lot of time. I mean, by the end of this recap, we'll almost hit 90 minutes, and we will be nowhere close to making a, stiffy talk, or a sticky toffee pudding with a creme anglaise and... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. I do. Yeah. Do not envy the bakers for this challenge. So Prue gives us some insight. She says it's quite a complicated challenge. They have to make the pudding. They have to make the caramel sauce, the creme anglaise, the twill, mm -hmm. and of course the sponge is the most important thing. The problem that they might have is that they'll think it's cooked when it's not, because it's already a dark color. Mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> yep. So the danger is slightly undercooking. Right. There's a lot of danger. A lot of danger. <laughs> and the danger is real, everybody. Yes. The danger is very real. I'm going to go over the bottom three bakers. Who, um, so when I say bottom three bakers this episode, I feel like in any episode, like the bottom three bakers could have been the worst bake of the, the technical, just how, like how bad everything was. Right. It's just that this one was so bad that like the bottom three were especially like disastrous. Right. Right. So at ninth place... In last place, we have Maggie. So Maggie does something... Well, she has kind of like a baking uh, mishap here. They get like a recipe, right? The recipe is usually, you know, it's on pages, like pages that you can like hold. At one point, she kind of lets us know that she didn't think that the rest, there was like any recipe on the next page. Because the next page just said like add in flour. Right. And she didn't read that part. Right. So she realized that she didn't use flour in her recipe. Okay, I want to add, I'm going to assume <clears> that the <throat> show was filmed and aired chronologically. 
Because at one point, yeah, it was kind of confusing because at one point she realizes that she didn't have the flower in. Right. And then later she realizes that the flower where, where it said to add that was on the next page, which is kind of confusing because at that point she could have still added the flower or it wasn't too late to add it. But also Noel wrote on her recipe, like steps 11, 12, and 13. One of them was like, do something to Paul. Yeah. Do you remember that? I... I was lurking on the, the Bake Off Reddit, and some people said that Noel kind of distracted Maggie, and maybe that's why she didn't see he that actually, part of the Yeah, he actually wrote on the paper. Yeah. So I don't know. It, chronologically, if you watch the show, he does that after Maggie Forgets. had already forgotten to the put dough. the flower in. But, so I'm going to assume that that happened, but otherwise, that's a little interesting. To yeah, I, heard, I, I saw some theories where people were saying that Noel distracted her from reading what was on the next page because she thought the recipe was done. Right. Because he wrote some like funny joke steps at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of threw her off. Right. It's, it's interesting. I also think it's because the pr- producers told him to stop messing with Christelle. <laughs> yeah. Which they didn't, it didn't happen or they didn't air it. I don't okay. Know. Yeah. So, yeah, Maggie's last place. Um, man, her bake was not good. Like, she, so she forgot the flower. It just looked like a puddle, you know? Yeah, yeah. When she flipped the cup upside down, it just like spilled out. It was the saddest thing ever. Yeah, it did not look. Yeah, it, she. The uh, Paul said it best when he said it looked like caramelized onion chutney. Yeah. <laughs> However, it was also burnt to a cinder. Oh. And then this is one of the bakes that are so disastrous that Paul doesn't even try it. You know, he he declines to try it. He just moves on. Right. What if it? tasted amazing and it moved her up to fifth place <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> okay, okay. yeah uh, maggie kind of jokes around us she says she made it like gluten-free which is kind of funny right. no flour. she's got good comebacks i do yeah. i do appreciate that about her but I, I did feel bad for her that yeah that mishap happened she she had a really bad day in the tent so <laughs> next in the eighth place we have amanda so amanda like she kind of looked like she had trouble from the outset she was making her caramel it looked super watered to me I was like, no, Amanda, <laughs> that's not the texture of caramel. But then a lot of the caramel textures were off this, uh, this episode. So during judging, the judges say that she burnt her twills, her caramel is underdone, her sticky toffee is raw in the middle, and the creme glaze is scrambled egg. So every element of this bake for Amanda went bad. Right. And she was still not the worst person in the technical, which is crazy. But... That's just this episode. In uh, third to last place, seventh place, we have George. Um, when George is first looking at the recipe, it's kind of funny. He says, this recipe is both brief and complicated, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, George's sticky uh, toffee pudding was very raw in the middle. So um, the judges did not like that. So George, Amanda, and uh, Maggie. I just want to note real quickly yes. that this is the first week that Christelle wasn't in the bottom three. And then when they announced her at fifth place, it was the most happy I've ever seen anybody get at getting like fifth place. <laughs> she was ecstatic at getting fifth place just because I think she kind of had like, um, you know, the pressure that, that the, or the bad experience of being bottom three in the technical every week. So good stuff to Christelle for fifth place. Because nobody was messing with her. <laughs> right. No, no one has celebrated more than getting fifth place in Christelle. And I was very happy to see that. All right, I'm going to cover the top three, but just so everybody knows, Freya was sixth, Christelle was fifth, and Giuseppe was fourth. Correct. In third place, we have Chiggs. Yep. And let's talk about this. 
basically, Prue says, nice one. Paul says that the twill don't look too bad. He likes the colors. Mm -hmm. the, the sponge was okay. However, the caramel would not come out of the container. He had to fork it out. Yeah, he said it was like a bottle of ketchup or something like that. Right? Yeah. yeah. He forked it out. And that's third place. Yeah. <laughs> so that tells you how bad they are, right. right? Wow. All right. In second place, we have Lizzie, our car production operative. During judging, Prue says that the sauce is a little bit stiff. The creme anglaise is very good. It's delicious. Paul, basically, she gets judged first, so they're going through and counting to make sure everything's there. But he says eight twills with a bit of a snap. The pudding looks pretty solid. The crumb is good. The creme anglaise is not bad. At the final... Mentioned, he says that the sponge is pretty good. The creme anglaise is good. The caramel sauce is good. Well done. Mm -hmm. So Very good on Lizzie. Lizzie's doing pretty well. She's on a little bit of a hot streak as of last week. She's very too, solid. Right? Yeah. yeah. And in first place, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> he's back, baby. Jürgen. Back from where? I don't know. Right. He's back. <laughs> Prue says that it's rather nice looking. Paul says there's eight fairly even twills. It's well baked. It's nice. The anglaise is good. The sponge is good. Overall, it's pretty decent. And for final judgment, Prue says that it's really nice sticky toffee puddings. Very good twill. Excellent creme anglaise. Perfect sauce. Very good. So Jürgen takes it. Yep. At the very end, we hear from a few of our bakers. Jürgen says it's wonderful. He can hardly believe it, winning the technical dessert <clears throat> week when he was afraid of it. But it seems he has to be afraid to be on the spot and concentrated. Uh, so maybe he needs that pressure. Yeah. So being on top and winning two in a row, that was not pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Um, I just want to add that like when the judges tried uh, Jürgen's technical bake, you can see that they were hit by. They were hit by a smooth caramel. Dun -dun 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 I like that. Thank you for volunteering that song. Did you Ow. say a smooth caramel? Yeah. <laughs> You've been hit by a smooth caramel. Anyway, um, keep going with the show. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> I could listen to that all day. I hope you don't. <laughs> I want to make a loop of that. Please don't. And post it. Please burn it. <laughs> okay. Next, we hear from Lizzie, who again, I had no idea what she said. But thanks to subtitles, <laughs> she says, who knows what happened? I, I swear, I watched it so many times. And she said it so, it was really short and fast. Yeah. And I had no idea. Did you, did you know what she said? I knew what her body language said. She was happy. Okay. She yeah. said, at least these are what the subtitles are telling me, but I'm not convinced <laughs> that even the subtitles know. Netflix. <laughs> It said, who knows what happened there? Came second, so thanks everyone else for undercooking. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, that was actually kind of cool. Yeah, if sure. that's what she said. <laughs> then we had Amanda. She had mentioned earlier that she, well, she said she will never, ever, ever, ever mm -hmm. bake a sticky toffee pudding again. And she had mentioned earlier that her husband is the expert, so yeah. she shouldn't need to. And then he, she says, he has to be good at something. <laughs> Burn. <Yeah>. Burn. <laughs> Finally, Maggie said she knew that it needed flour, but she couldn't see it because Noel had scribbled all over it. I don't think that's what she oh, said. Okay. okay. But she did say that she knew that it needed flour, but she couldn't see it. Right. And that nothing, there's nothing you can do when you've made a very silly mistake. And that she loves making it very hard on herself. However, she'll have to do amazingly in the showstopper. Right. So, uh, Jam Packs episode, we get no roundtable after the technical. Straight into the showstopper. 
Let's do it. All right, so for the showstopper bake, the bakers were tasked with making a celebratory jacond imprimé dessert. It must have impressive multi-layered, or it's an impressive multi-layered dessert wrapped in, de- in like a decorative jacond. The jacond itself is a whisked sponge with ground almonds in it. And the bakers get four and a half hours, which uh, Matt and Noel kind of joked that they only get half an hour because they spent four hours explaining <laughs> the challenge. Because there's so many elements to it, which is kind of funny. Uh, we also learned that a jacon is the French nickname for the Mona Lisa. Yeah. So a lot of pressure on the bakers to create a Mona Lisa. Except if you're Chiggs. He says that when he went to go see the Mona Lisa, he wasn't very impressed with it. <laughs> Have you seen the Mona Lisa? Not in person. <clears throat> I've seen it in person. So the way it works is that like, uh, there's a big old line to it. So it's like, kind of like a Disneyland ride where there's like multiple lines. Mm-hmm. And then once you get kind of close to it, you can kind of see it. It's a lot smaller than what I expected. Oh, really? It's not that big of a like a painting. Hmm. And I think I was on Chig's side where I was like, I was a little bit unimpressed with. Really? Maybe because like there was so much hype to it. Like, yeah. You know, I don't normally wait in lines to see a painting. Right. But when I do, I expect like to be blown away. I wasn't blown away. What would have made it better? Um, uh, I guess if it was bigger, and like if she. The painting started talking to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Um, our first baker up is Amanda. She is making an Adam's Temptation imprimé dessert. So her uh, baker is an almond jacond, which surrounds a caramelized apple jelly and has a mirror glaze on it. So the metaphor here is like the forbidden apple kind of. Yeah. She also has like a like a design with like snakes. Which is kind of cool. So, like, she's going back to basics, you know, <laughs> with this design. <laughs> uh, during baking, her jacon kind of spills all over the oven, which at one point, me and my wife literally said out loud, Oh no, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and I also feel bad whoever has to clean that up because, you know, that mess, that oven was going to be messy. Right. Um, she puts her, like, jacon in the fridge one, at one point. And then when she goes to check on, like, the filling of the jacond, it kind of... I don't think she should open the fridge because, like, her filling just leaked all over everywhere. Mm. Yeah. You know what got her? No. The temptation. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, during judging, right off, the judges say, like... The judges look very apprehensive about it just because of the spill. And Amanda makes a good joke, which is, she says... This is inspired by a crime scene that I went to. So good. comedy points to Amanda. That was very good. That was good. very good. Some of the bakers are really good at like turning their like destructive fakes and jokes this episode. Yeah. yeah. So Paul says that the Jacon jam uh, was kind of like a dam that broke <laughs> when the filling was trying to set. However, it did taste delicious. However, but there wasn't enough apple and there was too much alcohol. <clears throat> so a lot of different things going on here but we I mean if something is too much alcohol for Prue it's probably too much alcohol it's gotta be <laughs> yeah extra boozy yeah boozy too boozy okay up next we have Chiggs our sales manager and he's making a black forest imprimé dessert mm. it's going to have two tiers based on his sister's new geometric pattern bathroom tiles oh yeah this is great that was an interesting 
way to get inspired, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess when you're in the shower, you're a lot of people like to think when they're showering, right? So maybe I'm imagining Chigs in the shower thinking about what kind of design should he make for his infamous dessert. <laughs> he looks at the tiled bathroom, the light bulb goes on in his bathroom, but and then it kind of symbolizes his idea, showstopper, right? <laughs> okay, so. It's going to be featuring a cherry-soaked chocolate jacquard, cherry mousse, cherry bavoirs, and topped with fresh cream and cherries. There's a lot of cherries going on. Yep. And a tempered chocolate lace roll. Mm. And when he is complete, this thing looks immaculate. Yep. It looks very good. It is just stunning, right? Yeah. Like, inspiration hitting a painter and then painting a masterpiece. This was Chiggs during the showstopper. Would you say this is <clears throat> better than the Mona Lisa? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a little bit too much. Got to right. pull, pull it back a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so during judging, Prue says it's so original and it looks startling. It's really clever. They're just firm enough to stand up. And she says that she does not like Black Forest Gateau, but she likes this. Mm. So that's a huge compliment. Yeah. Paul says that it looks amazing. The Chacon is well done. And he's impressed that it's taken from a tile. Mm, (laughs) He says the Bavoirs are perfection, and the flavors and textures are superb. Mm. So, hats off to Chiggs. He's on a heater here. Yeah, I can't wait till, like, next episode when, like, Chiggs makes something based on a toothbrush that he saw somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's like, yeah, this is the design of the Colgate toothpaste. I took that (laughs) as inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Chiggs is... Chiggs is uh, doing very well. Yeah. All right, next we have Christelle, who is making an una pina colada por favor. Showstopper, which translates into one more pina colada, please, which is uh, kind of funny. Uh, she's using almond flour, and uh, her imprimé contains an almond and pineapple jacquard, which surrounds layers of pineapple and coconut rum compote. Right off the bat, she says this is the most complicated bake that she's ever tried. She also uses a lot of gelatin. The judges ask her how much, how many sheets. She says 13 sheets, and they look very shocked at this. Apparently, that's a lot of sheets of gelatin. Mm. Um, and during her bake, she says that her, her bavois setting is the key to her bake. So uh, a lot of elements going on here for Christelle. Start judging, the judges say that her imprimate dessert looks beautiful. The pipe work makes the bake look like an attractive pineapple, which I would say it does. It was one of the best looking ones. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it looked very like she used the term um, holiday, mm. but to us as vacation. Right. Yeah. Vacation <laughs> in a dessert. <laughs> the judges say that the, the lime is very powerful. Maybe too powerful. So maybe she got carried away earlier when she made that key lime, uh, kiwi lime pie for Paul. And she's like, oh, this is great. I'm just going to keep adding lime. Right. Right. However, everything else is good. So um, very good on Christelle here. I think she did a good job. Oh, yeah. That was one of the more stunning yeah. desserts for sure. Una pina colada. Por favor. Wow. We're getting all kinds of songs out of you today. Uh, I don't know. I should stop singing. We're going to make a mixtape. We're going to lose listeners. Okay. <laughs> Up next is Freya, our student. She is making a chocolate and orange imprimé dessert. I'm going to imply that it's also vegan, even though it's not in the name. <laughs> because she is using tofu instead of gelatin. Mm. 
tofu instead of gelatin? I mean, do you have any creativity? I I just gotta get props to Freya for like doing what she's doing, sticking to her morals and like, I mean, she she has a very distinct style and a, like distinct ingredients that she would not use. Right. And I think just like knowing that makes her one of the more interesting bakers to watch. So props to Freya for whatever she does. Yeah, definitely. So I guess one of the pluses to tofu is that she doesn't have problems with it setting because it just resets itself yep. like tofu. Yep. <laughs> she's making it in a rectangular shape. And she's doing this because sp the sponge is not very bendy. So mm. she's got some strategy here. Right. It's going to be featuring chocolate and orange mousse with an orange jelly, hazelnut dacquois, and Italian meringue buttercream made again with the aquafaba. <laughs> It'll be topped with dark chocolate and candied oranges. Mm. So chocolate and oranges, to me, is one of my favorite combinations. So this yep. sounded really good. Nobody doesn't like chocolate, oranges, and tofu. Um, sure. Right? Okay. So, what did the judges say? <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's go to judging. All right. During judging, Bruce says that it lost some, some of its imprimatur. So that when she was putting it together, the design kind of fell out of it. Yep. You couldn't quite see the, the structure of the design. Unfortunately. Yeah. Prue also said that the orange is too strong, but the jacanda is quite good. Mm. Paul said that it set quite hard, more like a ganache than a mousse, and that it needed a cream to hold it together. He also said that he's had vegan cakes before, but it's not one of the better ones that he's had. I think what he was trying to say here is that, like, he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't like it because it's a vegan cake. He just doesn't like it, like, just as a cake in general, like the, the flavors and the texture. Mm. So it's not just because it's vegan, because he's had other ones that he's liked before. But I think he's afraid that the, like, the viewers would think, like, oh, Paul just doesn't like, like, you know, the vegan ingredients. So he threw that in there. Yeah, or the producers fed it to him. Right. Through right. that tiny, tiny earpiece. <laughs> right. Paul doesn't have much creative thoughts. He's just a robot uh, that's programmed from a bunch of producers. That's anyway, right. that's our crazy theory of the week. Please don't stop listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next we have George. George is making a peanut butter and chocolate imprimade desserts. He's also making a two-tier jacon, so he's very, uh, very ambitious in that. Um, it has a flower design on the jacon. The jacon is almond, and the inside, the filling is caramel and chocolate mousse. At one point, No asked him to spell Bavois. He spells it wrong, and Amanda spells it right. So Amanda wins the spelling bee contest here. Did you catch that uh, George spelled it wrong when he spelled it? Because I didn't. It's funny because I type up notes while I watch it. And you, so Did you type it the way that George spelled it? Maybe. <laughs> During judging, they said that the flower pattern is very good. However, the whole thing is kind of lopsided. It kind of had a lean to it. Remember that first cake by Tom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the defined yeah. gravity cake. Yeah. But basically, George's cake defined gravity. Uh, George also had a very crazy peanut layer. <laughs> like, this thing was like all like really hard, crunchy peanut. Then <laughs> when Paul tried to cut into the cake, like he couldn't cut past the peanut, yeah. which is kind of funny. <laughs> like, it's very, that's a very strong thing to have in the middle of your cake. <laughs> And then the judges kind of say, like, it's, there's just too much peanut. And then George says, in, re like, in response, I love peanuts. That was great. So I think George did well here. Oh, okay here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, up next we have Giuseppe, chief engineer. He's making a red fruit and pistachio imprimé dessert. We learn again that his dad was a professional chef. Yep. And a passionate baker. And this bake is going to be inspired by a wedding cake that his dad made. Did you see that cake? I did. It looked amazing. It was pretty nice looking. Yeah. It was pretty nice looking. Giuseppe's dessert will be featuring layers of Genoese sponge with pistachio and red fruit bavoir. Strawberries and raspberry mm -hmm. with mirror glaze on top with fresh strawberries and raspberries. So during judging, Prue said that it's very elegant. And while cutting into it, into it she says it's soft as anything it's mm. beautiful great flavors great acidity excellent paul said that it's lost some of the definition but it's pretty he thinks mm. overall it's a quite professional looking piece great layers the genoese has been baked beautifully it's lovely and soft and that you could serve it in a five-star hotel he says a hotel and then matt says how many stars right and he says five stars because that's the max amount of stars right I believe if you're counting, most things are out of five stars. Okay, because I've only stayed at two and three stars. Oh, really? Yeah. I've but never stayed at a, like a five-star hotel. Some people rate out of three stars, though. No one rates out of three stars, right? That's such a bad rating system to only have three stars that could be achieved. Really? I think so. I think you need to at least have four stars. Oh, four stars? That's a max. Four stars is the max? Or so at this least, is a, at least four stars. Oh, at least, so four stars is the minimum. Okay. I'm kind of confused now. Okay. Anyway, next anyway. up, Jorgen. <laughs> Jorgen's making a pastime with good company uh, cake, or not cake, what am I calling this? Imprimé desserts. So his uh, jacond is very cool. It has musical notes, and he says they're from Henry VIII. So the design is pretty spectacular right from the bats. His jacond is made out of almond. And uh, it was around his caramel hazelnut de croix base in the middle. Jürgen also tells us that he once made a Star Trek jacond, which sounds pretty impressive, with two Star Trek Enterprise ships kissing, which sounds very cool. And we also noticed that during baking, Jürgen maintains a very clean bench, maybe the cleanest bench in the whole tent, which is crazy because he's doing very well, and he also has time to keep his, uh, his table clean. Um, very impressive, I must say. That. Or maybe that, maybe that kind of, maybe his, the cleanliness of his bench helps him become a better baker. He is super organized and super precise too. No, no talks to Giuseppe about that. Yeah, he does. And they talk about the German engineering. Yeah, the engineer. You could definitely see the engineering side right. of him come out during his bakes. During judging, the judges said that his uh, imprimatur dessert looks amazing. It set very lovely however paul gets kind of nitpicky he says that the wine jelly on top has a couple of bubbles in it right I was like paul come on it looks amazing it looked pretty pretty <laughs> why, clean why right? are you pointing out like a couple of bubbles on the top but i mean that, i guess that's not ideal jürgen is not back anymore <laughs> when they try it they say it's a luxurious creamy boozy mouthful and paul says that uh when he described the bake Jürgen said that it had like pepper in it and they didn't taste the pepper yet. And then Jürgen's like, just wait, the pepper will come. So they're like, all right, we'll wait. And then while like they're waiting, Paul actually suggests to Jürgen if like, would you like to sing while we wait? So I'm assuming it's the same notes that he put, that he put on the Jacon design. Right. He sings and it's amazing and everybody applauds. 
And then after that, Paul's like, okay, I get the pepper now, <laughs> which is crazy because that was such a long pause. So Jorgen is like orchestrating these flavors, like some kind of like a maestro. Like he's, he just, how do you time pepper to come later like that? Do you think Paul actually got the pepper? Mm. Um, I don't know, but I hope he did just because I want to believe that Jorgen's that good at this. Okay. And that was such a great moment that I want to believe that it was real. <laughs> I think maybe Paul is pointing out some of the faults because they're setting Jurgen up for a comeback maybe next week. <laughs> we'll talk about next okay. week <laughs> at the end of the episode. Right. <laughs> okay, so up next we have Lizzie, car production operative. She is making our Liverpool Skyline Imprimé dessert featuring chocolate, Genoese sponge, hazelnut, and pecan de croix, and pecan parfait topped with a dark chocolate and moonshine ganache. That was a lot of elements you just said. Yep. And she's going <laughs> to pipe it all in red and blue for the two football clubs. Which is soccer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so during the presentation, Lizzie presented it with a trash bin for Paul. Mm-hmm. But she had changed it to say, and I think it originally said, I've, I've really been to Liverpool, to I'm really born in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because Paul was born in Liverpool, and he's yes. from Liverpool. Yes. So Prue doesn't get to talk a lot, but she says it's hard work. But prior to that, Paul is saying that Lizzie had managed to get the sky, local skyline in there, which is pretty cool. Yep. It's a bit rudimentary. The decois is a little bit tough. The textures are all wrong, but the flavors are beautiful. And he says it's really good. <laughs> Paul got some funny liners this episode. Yeah. Go to Paul. This was kind of a good one. Yeah. Lizzie's doing well, too. Yeah. It did look a little rudimentary, as Paul said, but yeah. it had some nice contrasting. You know, the red and the blue are really bright against the sort of yellowish. Classic Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Uh, finally, we have Maggie, who's making a Paris skyline in Premier Desserts. And uh, question. <laughs> yep. I accept the question. What did that have to do with what I saw <laughs> on the page and on the screen? Um, I, did I have a disconnect there? No, because the judges also had a disconnect. Okay. So Paul kind of like. He's his Maggie, and he's like, hey, make sure you put the flour in. He right. points it out in a recipe, like he circles it. Kind of right. a jerk move from Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was teasing her, and she was obviously very upset about that the other day, but I guess it's good to look back and laugh at that a day later. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> During the most, imba- the most important bake of your entire yeah, life. Yeah, where she's feeling the most pressure. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to go and tease her about what she did. Um, yeah. So her bake contains strawberry decan, surrounding feathered yogurt, and fresh strawberries. So uh, Maggie has some kind of trouble where when the first time she cooks her decan, it is not cooked enough. She takes it out too early. She kind of has to throw it in the bin, which is the trash, and she has to do it again. Uh, there's a point where like Paul and Prue are kind of talking about the bakers. And they said that they're worried about her time, and uh, probably because she had to redo her decan. Right. And uh, after she gets every, all the elements together, she puts it in the fridge. 
she takes it out and she could tell that like it's gonna leak um when she like kind of basically she's holding it together with her hands and when they say time time is over she takes her hands off of it and i think she knows that it's gonna leak because it hasn't set yet mm-hmm. and it leaks out very heavily <laughs> like yeah. that they busted open yeah so yeah uh, during judging paul says the dam has busted Prue tries to be on the positive about this, give her some compliments. She says, it's a very pretty color, which is <laughs> kind of reaching for like a, a nice thing to say about something because yeah. I've never heard the judges say like, it's a pretty color. I mean, they've said it's a pretty design. It's focusing just specifically on the color. I think they're just trying to be nice and say something nice. How, um, they say that the flavor is very good. It kind of has the essence of summer. However, the whole thing is leaking. And they kind of question that what she made was something worthy of four and a half hours of work. Because there's supposed to be like two elements to um, their jacon, right? There's supposed to be the jacon itself mm-hmm. and the filling. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maggie didn't really have the second element. She had the jacon, which busted. And her filling was not really... I think they said at one point that it, it was just a puree. And it wasn't considered a second element if you just put a puree in there. Is that, is that what I, I kind of interpreted it as? Okay. I'm still, I'm still questioning the, the Paris skyline. <laughs> I think... <clears throat> it uh, had strawberries on the outside of it. Yeah. It? it was just like strawberries. I think at one point, maybe she... Because she took a lot of time to decorate her jacon, but maybe the strawberries were supposed to make like a skyline? But there was nothing like resembling Paris or, you know, the Paris skyline is very distinctive, right? You'll see like the Eiffel Tower, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. It wasn't on her bake. So maybe I was thinking like, maybe the strawberry was supposed to like become the skyline. But it was so hard to see that, especially like when she was designing it. It just looked like strawberries. Yeah. And it also didn't help that the whole thing busted open. Okay. So um, it just did, it didn't make sense at all to me. And I don't think it made sense to the judge either. And they kind of questioned the whole, co- they questioned the concept. Initially. Right. And then when they actually tasted it, the execution was bad. And the textures were very bad. So at this point, it's, very, it's looking very bad for Maggie. And I would, I mean, Maggie was my pick to go home this week. But I also didn't want to see her go home. She should have made like a beach shoreline and put a <laughs> bunch of starfish on the side. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, ideally, yeah. Like, go to your strong suits, Maggie. Come on. <laughs> right. So that's all the showstoppers. After this, we do get a judges roundtable. And they just say that Giuseppe, Jorgen, and Chiggs all did very well. And uh, they kind of comment that Chiggs sliced that they sliced out of his uh, showstopper. It was still holding very well at, like, while they were talking about it, mm. which is impressive. However, the people that were in trouble, the, the textures and flavors were wrong during their showstopper. They point out Maggie, and they said that the puree on top wasn't a second element. It also splits and poured out. They also said that Freya is in trouble because her dequas was too thick and too dry. And they say that Amanda's was just alcohol, <laughs> which is not good. So the judges also say they, to make a decision about who goes home, they have to look back at all the challenges, to which point I was like, Maggie's going home. <laughs> like she, she did not have a good week in the tent. I want to bring up something really quick that I didn't cover, and that was when Freya's design didn't come out she mm-hmm. had thought about redoing it yeah and then chig said no you don't have time 
and then I think they flashed to Maggie when she didn't get hers completed and she had to redo it again. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. Foreshadowing. No, I was thinking maybe Freya did have time, but Chiggs told her she didn't. Hmm. Interfered? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, but I just wanted to go there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, get, we have a lot of conspiracy theories yeah. this episode. <laughs> I just want to throw that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, no. It was, it was interesting. Okay. The way they do the editing and the way, like, whenever they, like, give criticism, and they, yeah. like, pan to a certain baker, I think they're trying to tell us something. Right, yeah. right, right. Giving us clues to, like, the storylines going on here. <laughs> kind of like how mm. you know what's going to happen the second time you watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very, <laughs> I have good predictions. You're very the second astute. time I watch the thing. <laughs> it's, it's decision time. Final results. They announced Star Baker, and it's Chiggs. Chiggs is Star Baker, the person with the least experience baking in the whole tent. I was very happy to see this. Yeah, I mean, Chiggs looked like he's improving very quickly. He looked very happy, and uh, I mean, he did a great job. He got a handshake. He got Star Baker. That's the whole like. Like, you know, just mark all the, the scorecard on, like, everything. He did everything well this episode. This is the chigs that you originally had going home week one, and I had going home week two. Yeah, yeah, we don't bring that up anymore. Oh, we don't. This was based on, like, just a description of the bakers. You can't judge a baker by its... Baking time? Or how much time uh, experience they've had baking? Profile. Yeah, yeah, profile is okay. a better way to space it. <laughs> and they have to send someone home. They say this every week. And, unfortunately, it is Maggie. Uh. Maggie says the whole thing was such fun just to be a part of it was a complete joy um, staying four weeks will be something that she remembers really high in her life she says nothing can beat delivering her baby but this will come a close second so yeah it's sad to see Maggie go even though she was my prediction to go home this week and also my prediction to go home last week was Ruchika you're, I got that right you're too. on a heater and I'll tell you my strategy is it just looking at the episode twice? No. Okay. <laughs> so like it's kind of interesting like if you alphabetize all the bakers. Yeah. Tom, who was at the bottom of the alphabet, was the first person to go, right? Right. And then after that was Jerzino, who's right in the middle of like the bakers. Right. But then after that, Rochica, her R is the last is the bottom of the alphabet. It's interesting that you brought that up because when we get to our predictions, I have a new strategy. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then after Rochiko went home, yeah, like the latest letter in the alphabet is M for Maggie, right? And then now she's going home. So all the rest, all the other people in Bake Off, their names are between A and like I think J. So the bottom half of the alphabet is not represented in Bake Off anymore. So according to you, you think Lizzie will go next? Um. Let's, let's let's wait for our predictions later. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, Chig says, what the H-E double hockey sticks just happened? I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Uh, he says, handshake and Starbaker in the same week. Can't believe it. I am speechless. He calls his mom, who's very proud of him, and that's a very touching moment. Yeah, that's the episode. Happy for Chig, sad for Maggie. Yeah. <clears throat> Shall we get into our segment? Let's. All right, what was your funniest moment of the episode? Okay. Because you put it in some kind of way, I did write down that when Paul circled the flower on Maggie's showstopper recipe, <laughs> I oh, thought that was no. funny. Although you thought it was cruel, and when you said it that way, I was like, yeah, that was kind of cruel. <laughs> so I am going to go with, during 
the technical Freya exercised the five second rule when she dropped her tool on the floor. Oh my gosh, my wife, she was like, is that allowed for her to use that? Are the producers going to tell the, the judges that that dropped on the floor? Right. I was like, I don't know, but she did it. She used it. Yeah. I'm going to pick that because I thought it was <clears throat> sort of obscure. Yeah, that was, that was kind of a, an alarming part of this episode. I was like, are they allowed to do that? There's cameras on them. <laughs> People know. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty funny. I also want to parlay off of what you had picked last week, and that is George lacks a certain level of finesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's his storyline here. <laughs> but I appreciate that about him. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. What was, uh, it, what was your funny? George story? is very aware of that, too. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of funny. Um, my runner-up is uh, Christelle, like, being super happy to get fifth place that you think she, in the technical that you think she would have wanted. <laughs> she like jumped out of her chair getting fifth in the technical. But uh, my favorite funniest moment is um, at one point, like, I, I'll give it to Matt. Matt's announcing like time. And like Amanda is just sitting there like mixing something and Matt just appears next to her and yells very loudly. Oh, yeah. Bakers, yeah. you have one hour left. Yeah, and she like jumps. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Because, <laughs> you know, she literally jumped. It was a genuine scare for her. That was funny. Uh, what was your favorite bake of the episode? Can I just say that really quick? If you put together, like, clips of Amanda, doesn't it seem like she's on the brink of going home every week? Yeah, it does. Like, every week. But when it comes down to judging, they're like, it looks kind of bad, but the flavors are great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm not in trouble. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so, sorry. Favorite bake? Yep. I am going with Chig's Signature. Mm. The tropical the handshake. Okay, so what was your favorite bake? I have to go with Jurgen and his imprimé dessert with the late hitting pepper. Mm. And I also want the singing. <laughs> oh, does <laughs> the that sing- come with? Yeah. The singing really elevated that dessert, I must say. All right. If the Mona Lisa sang to you, you probably would have been more impressed. Yes. Right. One hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> All right. Prediction times. Okay. I have a new strategy. Is it the alphabet? It's, it's similar. It's similar. It's interesting that you brought that up. So, there's two <clears throat> things that trouble me every episode now. One is, I don't understand what Lizzie is saying. <laughs> two is, I now am afraid to say Giuseppe. No, that's, that's fine. So, the way we do the show is we do it alphabetically. You start with the first person, and when somebody goes home, we just keep that format. A little peek behind the curtain there, if so, you haven't noticed. <laughs> if anyone before Giuseppe goes home, that will switch Giuseppe and Lizzie to you. Mm-hmm. Is, that true? is that true? I believe that's correct. So that's my pick to go home. Anyone? Wait. Anyone it's... before Giuseppe. But you have to pick a specific baker. Yeah, those five. <laughs> if you were to narrow it down to two. George. Okay. George. Who do you think will be Starbaker next? That was my pick last week. Just yeah. to recap, I had Lizzie as Starbaker. You had Christelle. You had Maggie go. I, I wanted to Maggie to go home. I didn't want Maggie to go home. I wanted to pick You're Maggie evil. to go home. You're an evil man. <laughs> you should be ashamed. Well, Prue told me that she's had enough. <laughs> I just could never pick Maggie, so I went with George to go home. Who do you have going home next week? 
This is going to be kind of a shocker. I'm going to go to the top of the alphabet and choose Amanda. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think she's been kind of a mixed bag lately. Uh-huh. But... I mean, everyone left is kind of strong. And you already picked George. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go with Amanda just because I have to pick somebody. So, before we pick Starbaker... Let's, let's, yeah, we know from the preview episode what the theme is for next week. And it's a theme that I don't think we've ever had in Baking Show history before. We've had Japanese week. We've had Italian week. And now we have German week. You might as well make the week called Jurgen week. <laughs> it's Jurgen week next week. <laughs> we actually joked last week in the episode that they're going to throw out a German week. And we were joking. Right. But there's going to be a German week. Of all seasons to do a German week, they're going to do a German week when I think the, the clear-cut best baker is, our, is a German fellow who we like very much. But from if I were the other bakers, I would be kind of crushed just hearing that, right? Kind of. I like, mean, it kind of gives an implication that somebody has an advantage. It does. Like, if I were, like, Christelle or, like, Chiggs or even Giuseppe, I would be like, so you're saying next week the theme is German week. Because they didn't even try to disguise it by calling it bread week. Right. You know, like, they could have called it something else. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. And even in, like, the little preview that we see, like they now they say like next week it's German week and then they they intercut that with like Jurgen smiling. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's back. <laughs> so maybe they're thinking like maybe they're gonna mix it up and like they're gonna like I don't know how they would make Jurgen be bad next. I think he has to be the clear favorite for Starmaker next week, right? But it's like his to lose, I guess. But I don't think he's gonna lose it. I think. I think he's going to dominate next week and it's just going to like, he's going to destroy everybody so thoroughly. It's kind of crushing, you know? It's very interesting that the producers, I mean, if they planned this all out before, like the first episode and they like laid out the, the weeks, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, that's fair game. But if they were deciding like week by week what themes are, I have a lot of questions for the producers of this season. And why are you writing the show? So it sounds like you're picking George. No, I think uh, Jürgen. Oh, Jürgen. You have to pick Jürgen for German Week. Like, if you pick anyone else besides Jürgen, you have to give me a five-paragraph essay for why. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not picking Jürgen. All right, give me your five-paragraph essay. One, because I know you're not going to let me because you are a victim. No, you can pick Jürgen. I mean, no. it's our predictions. He, no, no. I'll pick Jürgen. I think it's so obvious that he's going to be Starbaker next week. That if it's, if it's anybody else, like, I'll be shocked. Like, if I could bet money on Jürgen winning Starbaker next week, I would bet a lot of money. Anyway, our Instagram is at Quick Mix Podcast. You can message me. Um, I had Venmo. Have you guys won a Venmo? Anyway, who's your pick to win Starbaker next week? I think that. The producers are tricking us. And I mean, it could be just the way and they're, they're throwing that out there because everyone will think that 
Jurgen's going to win. Yep. But they're actually bringing back Maggie. <laughs> because Noel interfered <laughs> with All the right. recipe. We, we've had some crazy yeah, okay. theories. All right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm going to pick Giuseppe then. <clears throat> because that's, if that's anyone solid. can take him down, it's Italian engineering. Yeah. They get it done. Remember, that's what he said. Yeah. They get it done. I So far, the season has been Giuseppe versus Jurgen. And then Chig's like, hey, me too, right? <laughs> I think really it's Giuseppe versus Jurgen. I will say I'm also willing to bet that after this week, next week, will be vegan week. And then Freya's going to take That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Everyone's gonna get their turn, and then after that, they're just gonna call it Christelle Week. They don't even like right, the guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christelle Week in the tent. Like, what are you talking about? A show? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> All right, so I picked who was going home correctly. Yeah, for two episodes. Yeah, I'll be very interested if I'm right next week. Okay, your theory though, your theory has Lizzie going home. Yeah, yeah. If they're going alphabetically backwards. I mean, it can happen, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna go to the opposite of the alphabet and choose, yeah, choose okay. A here. So just to recap, going home next week, I have anybody <laughs> before. Okay, I have George. You have George. You have Amanda. Amanda, and then Star Baker next week. I have Giuseppe during German week. Uh huh. Yep. And you have. You're good. Okay. The obvious choice. We're going to find out. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see what happens next week. Just because we've never had like this. The recipe of what's going on right now and what the theme is. We've never had that theme be such an impact to what we think is going to happen in the show. So I think next week is super interesting. I've, I've never been more interested to see how theme plays out with the bakers. Specifically knowing the bakers that we have. I it is quite a storyline. <laughs> and the storyline is are the producers crazy? <laughs> and yeah. I can't wait to hear how you figured it out after the second time you watched it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, yeah. Hit us up on Instagram at Quick Mix Podcast. Send me your Venmo bets. <laughs> we'll see if you're going to pull it out next week. <laughs> but until then, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. I, I just could never pick Maggie, so I went with George. <coughs> you good. We'll go. We'll slice it together. Yeah.